Gavin Roth here with episode 30 of the Influencers of Sponsorship Marketing, a Roth Revenue podcast. I joined a Zoom networking event on August 27th with fellow members of the Sponsorship Marketing Council of Canada. And a few of us were reflecting on the last time we were together in person. It was March 11th and the country was starting to retreat to home offices as the pandemic was in full court press mode. Two days later, it was official. And here we are almost six months later. We've been forced to change the way we live and work. Brands have had to rethink how they show up and partnerships have been tested and reimagined. My guests on this episode are well positioned to talk to these opportunities and challenges. I'm joined by Ashley Curran, Associate Vice President of Community Investment at Canadian Tire Corporation. She is responsible for driving corporate social responsibility programs which includes managing the brand and fundraising in support of Canadian Tire Jumpstart Charities. And Francis Dumay, partner and co-founder at Elevant, a leading sponsorship marketing agency that counts Canadian Tire among its blue chip clients. We discussed the respective journeys and the people who inspired them along the way. Ashley gives insights into how Canadian Tire responded to the pandemic. We discuss how the need for social responsibility has changed the types of discussions CTC is having with their sponsorship properties and the way CTC's partnerships have had to be reimagined. We talk about how Canadian Tire used to measure and evaluate their sponsorships, think really big Excel files, and how some innovative software tools from Elevant with some really cool names have dramatically improved that process. Ashley and Francis share their thoughts on trends in sponsorship marketing. We discuss our shared love for the Olympics and the tires inspirational Olympic campaigns. And as always, we wrap with professional development advice. I hope you enjoy. And for more episodes of the Influencers of Sponsorship Marketing podcast, follow me on LinkedIn, visit Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, YouTube, or check out rothrevenue.com. So, uh, Ashley, um, when I was uh, thinking about this conversation and your business, a few thoughts came to mind. And one word that kept coming back to me was community. Um, that despite your immense size and scope, the business, uh, Canadian Tire is a brand that's really an essential part of communities across this country. And your role has the word community in it. So <laughs> it does, yeah. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about the journey to this to this role and 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 more about your responsibilities in this role. And you know, again, and and obviously thank you for for, for doing this. Oh, happy to be here. Um yeah, yeah it's uh, and community certainly been in a spotlight in light of everything going on in the world right now. A lot of pressure on our team to to really step up. Um honestly I don't know, you know, in terms of how I got here, it's definitely not a linear path. Mm -hmm. um, I have always had a huge passion for sport. I actually st uh, interned at the uh, Molson Honda Indy. It's gone through a few name changes. <laughs> yeah, I think um, you're the first person who's, who's bridged those, yeah, Molson Honda. Like, I don't know what you, I honestly, I like, yeah. it's gone through so many, but, you know, the Indy down in Toronto and, um, you know, for me, I uh, I started my career in, in public relations and communications. Um, I started at the Honda Indy as a co-op in the media office. I then went and spent 10 years bouncing around agencies, moving into more brand and marketing um, functions. But I was always really fortunate to touch on um, social responsibility. And I always got to work 
um, in sport in some capacity. So help bring um, the International Dragon Boat Federation's Club Crew Championships here to, to Toronto. That would have been back in, wow. I think it was 2010. It's a long time ago. Worked on uh, the Toronto Expo bids. And, you know, my boss at the time um, did a lot of work with the Olympic bid committees, you know, trying to get bring the Olympics to Toronto. Mm -hmm. And then we were talking, you know, earlier about this. Um, Olympics has always been a huge passion of mine. Most Canadians are big fans of Team Canada. And I grew up in a household with uh, my grandparents, both worked in, in broadcast and sport. And so for me, um, chasing the, um, a job where I could, you know, even be on the periphery of the Olympics yeah. uh, was always a North Star for me. And, um, you know, having a grandmother who's one of the first sports producers in Canada um, really helped empower, you know, embolden me, even as a female in sport, um, to want to pursue that. So I, you know, every time I changed jobs in agency, you know, you spend two, three years and you move up, you take a job to move up somewhere else that agency would win a client who was an Olympic partner. It happened to me three times, no joke. <laughs> and um, at that stage in my career, I knew I wanted to go um, on the client side and work for a corporation or a big brand. And I wanted to do it in the community space. And so I went and did my MBA. And while I was doing my MBA, I had an opportunity to work um, with an old boss who was leading the sport partnerships team at Canadian Tire. And, and that's why I started at Canadian Tire. And I started on the sport partnerships team. and um, you know, it's six years later and have progressed um, within that team um, and, and, um, and in a role now where, you know, the last two years have been leading our community efforts, which is uh, everything from, you know, helping manage the Jumpstart brand and fundraising for our, for our corporate charity uh, to building grassroots sports programs, um, finding innovative ways of leveraging our sport portfolio um, with more of a community lens. And, um, and helping define what that future state looks like. So it's been uh, a wild ride, but certainly not a linear one. Yeah. But I couldn't and, have ended up in a better place. No, that's awesome. And, and who was that boss? Who was that person? Uh, Kim Saunders, who's yeah. now, yeah, she's the VP of uh, Partnerships and Community, Community yeah. Partnerships. I'm not actually very, sure which way we go. <laughs> yeah, very well regarded uh, executive uh, in the industry, Kim, and I've had the pleasure of meeting her a few times. So Yeah, uh, she helped bring the Olympics uh, to, to the tire uh, back in, I think that was about 20, yeah. 2012, 2013. Yeah. Yeah. So. It's, still, it's still funny, isn't it, uh, that a brand that, um, you know, like maybe this off, off script, but uh, what was the root of, you know, the genesis of the business that it was called Canadian Tire? I don't know if many people, because it is so much more, yet it's always maintained that name. Yeah. And I think that's kind of cool that it hasn't lost its original identity, but people do doesn't seem to phase consumers. <laughs> yeah, it's a 97, 97 years old. Um, wow. We're marching towards our hundredth. Um, and so it's a, you know, it's a heritage brand in this country. It's interwoven into the fabric of who we are as Canadians. Mm. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, the, the founder's daughter uh, is still an active role. Um, Martha is, you know, still very actively engaged both with the business and with the charity. Love and it. it's phenomenal to see. Yeah, great. Uh, and um, were there some people along the way who kind of, you know, motivated you, mentored you, inspired you to kind of, you know, keep going? You mentioned obviously your grandparents, which I think is cool, your grandmother. Yeah, I mean, my grandparents worked at Rival Networks in Canada in sport, you know, CBC and CTV respectively. <laughs> um, but my grandmother was, uh, she just passed away uh, six mm. months ago, so maybe oh, it's timely. Sorry. But, wow. Uh, she, she had a 
big fulfilling. Yeah, she had a long road, yeah. um, did some amazing things. But I think having strong female role models, especially in this industry, um, gives yeah. you the, um, you know, the power to kind of push through and pursue um, a path here. It's not always easy um, to break through. Um, you know, I think other mentors, oh my God, there's so many to list from. You don't move up in, you know, in a professional capacity without an army of people supporting you. Yeah, well um, said. And I, um, I am so fortunate to have had some phenomenal bosses. Um, Kim has been my boss, uh, well, probably this is the third time. Uh, so she's keeping me around, so that's a good mm. thing. Mm -hmm. But Kim's been a great, uh, a really great mentor. Um, mm. And, you know, she worked with me early on. She hired me at my second agency and um, was a lot greener, a lot younger then. And, mm. um, you know, it's an absolute pleasure to work with her today in a different and you know different environment and in a different capacity we both progress so much yeah. in our careers so you need leaders above you that are invested in your growth and development and you know at Canadian Tire we're surrounded by so many um, we're really fortunate good good great well said Francis um, you know I've, uh, it's been a pleasure getting to know you better over the last uh, year two years um, you know uh, and we, we actually, a funny little side story is we had recorded for, for the listeners um, a podcast just prior to the break. Um, and uh, then we we're just going to find a timely window to, uh, to uh, release it. And, uh, and then the pandemic hit and, and obviously <laughs> we, we, we changed our focus. So it's great to have you finally doing this and in this context uh, and maybe just share your journey. How did you get inspired to pursue a career in sponsorship marketing? And, and then tell uh, the listeners uh, more about what uh, Elevant uh, does. Yeah, well, um, like many in this business, I think I, I stumble onto sponsorship. Um, a lot of people start from either advertising or PR or experiential and um, discover sponsorship. Um, I was at school. Um, I was enlisted and I was doing my master's degree in marketing. Um, and I was really passionate about Formula One still, still to this day, but I wanted to do my thesis on Formula One. I just didn't know what, what subject. Um, and it became evident that, you know, sponsorship was the driving force behind uh, a lot of the revenues of the sport. Um, so it, it was not like something cast aside or nice to have, like sponsorship really drives on track performance in Formula One. So it, it became obvious that it was, it was the, the angle to, to take. So I did uh, two years to, to write the thesis. I was very fortunate to be able to, to travel, met with um, sponsorship managers at, at Ferrari and Renault, like seasoned professionals uh went to the australian grand prix talked to the folks here in, in montreal oh. um so yeah it, it, it was the start of my career and i um followed with a my first role in sponsorships at little quebec so uh um they were heavily one of the biggest sponsors at the time uh sponsoring more than 120 oh, yeah. events uh in the province alone and um I had a very cool project working with sports properties. Uh, so all of their sports portfolio to um, have a more commercial um, partnership than what they were doing on the community side with uh, the little Quebec brand. So we, we brought in products. Um, so there was a good project. And then I 
uh, similar to Ashley, moved to the, the agency side uh, for a bit to work on that account. Um, and then went back to the client side, managing sponsorships. Make up your mind, Francis. Come on. <laughs> yes. Um, a lot of people don't bounce back. I'm no, impressed by that. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, you don't that go between. Unique. You pick. Yeah, that's yeah I, I bounced back again because we, we <laughs> found the elevator after that. But um, yeah, tell us. I uh, was fortunate to, to have uh, a lot of freedom, which allowed me to, to build um, to change your portfolio, to start measuring sponsorships. Um, and that was kind of the, um, the route. Um, yeah. We founded Elevant in 2013 with my former uh, boss at the agency. Um, and the, the idea behind it was to create a software that would value sponsorships oh, automatically. Fancy that, yeah and go through yeah different different excel sheets and, and whatnot so the <laughs> excel sheets <laughs> hey listen i always say listen i always say out of the suite there's got to be a personality profile exercise that says out of microsoft office's suite of of, of uh, programs which is your favorite and i would say excel for me i don't know what that says about me maybe boring <laughs> and data driven but i love i love excel so i will always be an advocate of excel. Hilarious. yes what would you be ashley yeah. i would not i you know what i love the insights that excel generates and i love having people on my team that can use it through all its power. Yeah. I do not want to spend any time in Excel um, at all. I would be, if you had to put me in Microsoft Suites, I would probably be PowerPoint for sure. But yeah, even that's not that's an imperfect second. tool. No, I'm definitely no. a visual person. Yeah, cool. So Francis, back to your uh, uh, Excel. Francis, are you an Excel? You're an Excel guy, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I have to say I am. <laughs> all right, cool. Yeah. So you were, so yeah, the need for measurement and, and you started using Excel and then uh, continue from there. Like you, I know how much you guys have, have uh, innovated. Well, the insight for Elevant was when um, Jay, uh, my business partner and I were working on the agency side and we had a lot of properties come in and ask for valuation. It was just too expensive for them to, to get that agency support. So we thought let's, automate that whole process and um, make it accessible. So that was the initial idea. <clears throat> However, the, that software was a total flop. Um, not that it didn't work, but um, people would, would use it and then they would call us immediately. Um, like the value is great, what do I do with it? Or the value is not there, what can I do to improve it? Um, so from there, we basically built consulting. So we build the agency because we were getting so so many calls. Um, so the software is very much a part of the business <clears throat> today, and we built. Uh, now we have a suite um, of solutions. Um, I can't tire. Uh, yeah, music. and we're going to certainly talk about that because yeah, it, it, the it's a topic that's always interested me, and you know we we're we're both very involved uh, with sponsorship marketing council and. Um, just over the years being associated with the, the SMCC and, and, and just the constant discussion around the, the need for measurement and the lack of consistency. And, uh, and it's still amazing to me that, you know, and it doesn't mean we have to have one industry specific tool, but 
just to see what you guys have done, I think is super impressive. And to see a brand like Canadian Tire embrace that and really um, uh, use that to maximize, optimize their portfolio, it's a, it's a good discussion. So I look forward to diving into that a little bit more. Um, mentors on your side, inspirations on your side? Um, when I, I did do the, the thesis, I was collecting data, um, was um, doing a lot of interviews with, with sponsored professionals. And uh, I met with Tom Moser, who um, basically created the British American racing team. He was working at British uh, American Tobacco. Um, and it, it was a, a very um, bold move at the time um, from a, a company that wanted to uh, go public. Um, they, they wanted to um, influence investors as well as, as consumers. So it's, he has um, an ama amazing, uh, he's an amazing marketer. Uh, had the chance to uh, keep in touch with him after that. That's cool. Um, let's uh, let's pivot to you know the the obviously with goes without saying we're we're six months almost into a, a global pandemic. There's uh, so many other cries for social responsibility, um, uh, but I know at this stage uh, a lot more has been kind of in place around the response to the pandemic. So Ashley, you know, you guys really stepped up, and that's it's it's called for. You know, brands with great size and scope uh, have great responsibility, and mm -hmm. you've put your foot forward. Talk about your response to the pandemic and your support of frontline workers, and a little bit more about that. Traditionally, we do a lot of our community. Um, support investments through our charity through jumpstart but sport was on hold all right and mm -hmm. um, and you weren't really even allowed out of your house let alone you weren't going to be going and playing hockey at the end of march right sport was on hold and so for us um supporting our frontline workers was a, a natural fit and there's a lot of other brands that did that that were doing that too which was great um so for us we just wanted to to go one step further and like how can we really make a big difference here. So we made some financial donations. Um, you know, we gave a million dollars to Red Cross and to United Way um, each, and, and that helped get uh, funding out of the gate into communities in the greatest need during that crisis. And then we worked closely with our merch teams and we pulled product off shelf and we helped um, source more PPE um, and we got it out and turned it out as quickly as we could to organizations across the country that were in need. So we actually, um, Within a week and a half um, from getting the green light from our executive team, you know, we had a, we made a commitment of five million dollars, oh. three of which towards PPE that we, you know, we were able to then push out to the marketplace um, within weeks. Um, and we, it was amazing. It, we actually called Francis during this time because we were in the process of, fortunately, launching what I believe is called. I think you guys call it Spot. Is that oh. your intake oh. tool? Yeah. Did I get it right? Yeah. Br perfect. It's Brick Road. No. Sorry, Brick Road. You have so many. We can edit <laughs> this out. Um, so we were fortunate enough um, to actually be working with Francis uh, through their program, Brick Road, which is you know going to be our consumer-facing sponsorship intake tool online. We were just about to hit you know green light it, post it on our website, and then future sponsees, donors, community partners that want to look for a partnership with Canadian Tire can go online, fill it out, and we'll evaluate. And, and give the yay or nay. Yeah. So we actually 
you know, the biggest question was, well, how do we go out to Canadians and, and get, you know, find out where these products need to go, right? Yeah. Because and I would imagine you're getting flooded with requests for help. You're getting for requests for And how do you sift through that, right? All of it. I mean, it's operational. It's a logistical nightmare. Um, yeah. Supporting the healthcare community in this country, it was, you know, first and foremost where we wanted to be, but they're provincially regulated, mandated, or not regulated, they're provincially mm -hmm. operated, mm -hmm. which means they all have different protocols and, and there's no one point of contact. Right, course, you have wow. to work with all of them. So for us, rather than go out, which we tr traditionally do, we would go out and find the partners and, and do the deals and 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 fulfill them. In this case, we just did an open call, you know, to Canada. If you're a frontline worker in healthcare and community, come to our website, apply online. We made the intake form so simple. Mm. You know, Elevant. What they're so great about is um, they really do think of everything. And so we have three products with them and, and brick road was going to, you know, helps us fulfill. We, we manage like over probably 800, a thousand requests a year for sponsorships. Wow. Brick word was going to help us filter all that and it still will. Mm. But what we did was we took this glorious tool that we're about to launch and we scrapped it right down. We took <laughs> it down to like, right. instead of like, you know, a 30 page question, a 30 question yeah. um, application, I think we ended up with like six questions That's because great. we wanted, yeah. we wanted need. it to be fast. Yeah, exactly. In a time right? of crisis, yeah, you, people would, would, would just don't have the, the capacity, emotional capacity to go no. through. Yeah. Francis, I want you to jump in in a sec on a little bit more about Brick Road uh, and how that helps, um, you know, what, how, why it was designed and how it helps here. Uh, just kind of expand a little bit on what Ashley said. Uh, you know, Ashley, when I, you know, as a consumer and in the industry and wearing a marketing lens sometimes as well as a, a revenue mm -hmm. lens, I followed how everybody jumped, a lot of brands jumped quickly with mm -hmm. messages and, and some brands took a more thoughtful approach and weren't like, you know, knee jerk in their approach. They were, and, and I paid attention to you guys in particular. It, it you weren't necessarily the first out of the gate. And I thought that's smart because you, you must have been just all thinking very carefully and thoughtfully about how you want to show up and what's the best way to do it. And when you did, it was tremendously impactful. I just wonder, was there ever a, uh, a struggle about do we come out like super early or do we just get this right? Yeah, I think that's, it's a great question because I think all brands face this right now. Um, and then, you know, in, in marketing these days, everything's doing, everything's happening in real time, right? Everything breaks in social media and there's so much pressure to jump on the bandwagon right away. Um, and I yeah. think sometimes the situation warrants a really quick response. And I think sometimes the situation warrants a more calculated, thoughtful response. Mm. Um, there was mixed opinions in house. We're in the middle of a crisis, a global pandemic, one that I don't think anyone in our generation in the last two generations has seen at this scale, certainly not in the modern world that we live in. And, and so, you know, there's no guidebook, there's no roadmap, right? Yeah. You, can, you know, you have business continuity strategies for how you want to mitigate risk in your businesses and you have, you know, your toolbox of um, things you can do in community aid. And we do a lot of work with the Red Cross on disaster relief, but it's always so isolated and it's so local, right? And it's, it's in that moment in time. And um, 
it's pretty simple when you've got fires in, you know, Fort McMurray to be like, okay, let's go and get water and blankets and out there. And we know exactly what we need to do. And we can yeah, turn that good around point. in yes. lightning speed. Yeah. Francis, um, talk about brick road since that, that was, uh, you know, Ashley and the team used it. Just, uh, what was that designed to do? And, you know, how did it, how do you, your perspective on how it helped in this case? Yeah, well, it, it was great to see, um, people's response to the initiative. Uh, you guys received a lot of uh, requests really, really quickly. Really fast. Yeah, it was, oh my God, it was, that was insane. The first 24 hours, I, oh my team, we were all having panic attacks. Like really excited to be able to like, okay, it's working and the site didn't go down. Um, we just, we didn't know what demand was going to be. We had no idea. No yeah, idea. We, we braced for, uh, for a very large uh, amount of requests. Uh, um, but to, to your question, um, Gavin, so it was built because um, nowadays there are so many people uh, looking for, for sponsored dollars. Um, it's non-for-profits, it's smaller organizations, and uh, there's so many like great properties out there. Uh, so the tool was built to do two things, basically. The, to automate that whole process so you uh, wouldn't miss anyone. So uh, any people applying to the platform will, will receive a response um, instead of using emails to manage that, but also to um, be able to to find the uh, the diamond in the rough. So if you have uh, um, a questionnaire that is tailored to your sponsored policy and objectives, you can actually look at um, the number of points that the properties will apply for a sponsorship will will get, and if it's aligned with your uh, sponsorship policies and your, your objectives, you will find those uh, properties. Is it, is it a, like, a, would that be almost like a keyword? <laughs> you know, it's picking up on what's in their proposal, uh, their submission. Does it, does, how does that match up with the criteria and the questions? And it just has an algorithm that, that finds those commonalities. Yeah, and it's really built as a, um, a custom tool. So all of our clients are very different. All the questionnaires are different. The weightings of the questions are different. Sure. Um, so it's, it's built that way. And um, after that, you can automate a lot of that process and um, save tremendous amount of time um, yeah. By, yeah. by managing things centrally on the cloud. Cool, that's great. Um, Ashley, pivoting a little bit here, the, this, this need and demand and call for social responsibility obviously changes the types of conversations, discussions you're having with your sponsorship properties. Yeah. Um, talk to that a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I think it's, um, listen, sports always had this power of unifying everyone. I think, you know, Nelson Mandela's Oh. Uh, known for you know speaking about that so passionately. Nothing I was, I was born in, in Johannesburg, and uh, really? I still so I you know I I've, I have great admiration for the man, and uh, I tell everybody my favorite sporting moment was when the Springboks won the '95 Rugby World Cup, and he, were you in? Were no, you in no, Cape I no? my wife and I both um, are from South Africa, and we were yeah. here watching it. She was crying. Um, and uh, just just to see that unifying moment and how he um, you know donned the Springbok jersey and, and used it to to bring 
black and white together and uh, it was just and the team cooperating by winning yeah uh, on home soil it was just a magical story so they should make a movie of that one day um, <laughs> maybe they kidding. could feature matt damon in it that would be uh, that could be interesting great idea yes <laughs> yeah so back to you back to nelson mandela well i mean i think you want to go back to a, a really perfect example of using sport to unify people yeah. right yeah. and around social justice um i think keo he's uh He's, he's one of the greats in that in that space and as a proof point that I think there's an authentic I mean I use the word authenticity all the time but it's in you know in community um, it's so important one uh, question then Francis I'd love your perspective on this topic is um, what I've noticed and I do a lot of work uh, advising and, and helping properties and um, obviously without the fans in the stadium and the ability to activate partnerships in real in, 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 a, in an, uh, an analog fashion, uh, they have had to pivot to what brands are pivoting to, which is more social digital uh, means. Um, has, have you seen that shift? Uh, have you, you know, talked to the properties and just about what are you guys doing property to uh, shift to digital and social and how can we attach ourselves to that back to your word in an authentic way? Mm -hmm. um, as Ashley was mentioning, sport resume and they still have TV exposure. Um, Montreal is the festival capital <laughs> of North America. We had festivals from May to, to September almost mm. uh, nonstop. So these guys are, are hurting. Um, mm. Jazz Fest and Just the Laughs did uh, virtual events. And those um, properties that have been around for a little bit um, probably didn't put forward uh, digital content is as much and the last couple of years so they're some of them are playing catch-up but it's it's an opportunity for them to, to create um, new online online properties um, and, and online content so it's it was often an afterthought you're negotiating a sponsorship deal and you're putting a few uh, Facebook posts in, in the agreement but um, now it'll become central and um, maybe a silver lining for the, the industry to really step up in that in that domain. Yeah, perfect. Um, talk about uh, both of you, just how Canadian Tire Corporation uses software platforms to help track and enhance your sponsorship portfolio, in particular sticking with this theme of, of you know, your relationship with sponsorship properties. Uh, and I know Elevant is such a leader in this space, so I'll, I'll let uh, both of you comment. Yeah, I would say, um, you know, sing Elevant's praises on this one. We, uh, we were operating in Excel uh, before we brought Elevant on in a big way. I don't think um, a lot of people on the partnerships team, particularly, you know, I heard a lot about Excel for a good so part of the year. So you weren't trying to measure it in PowerPoint. You were, you, you were okay <laughs> with Excel now. All right. Well, actually, the dashboard was in PowerPoint. <laughs> But all the metrics were in Excel. Yeah. The Excel docs were um, three tabs for each brand by property. So because a lot of our deals are family of companies, there are multiple brands within the deals. Mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of complexity to how we have all that data captured. So, you know, for the Maple Leafs, we would end up with 12, 15 tabs of mm. data. And, um, and then you multiply that by a portfolio of any, you know, 20, 30 properties, and then 
you know, another half dozen athletes and trying to figure out where athletes fit in all this. Um, it was amazing because we'd built this kind of proprietary way of, of measuring success based on metrics that matter to us, but not necessarily. So this was something that was industry. born in the company, started by some team or somebody yeah. that just kind of grew and grew over the years and was adopted. So in 2015, we, we, um, our audit committee, um, you know, the board, our audit committee asked the partnerships team to come up with a better measure for success for ROI. Yeah. And that, that project landed on my How desk when I was a manager yeah. Uh, yeah. as a partnership. So I was the person tasked wow. with trying to make this happen. Wow. Yeah, it was, um, it took two, it took honestly a year and a half, two years. Um, did a lot of work with uh, some of our agency partners at the time. Did a lot of just, you know, nerded out on research. <laughs> and um, I think being an outsider to sponsorship specifically in that moment of time was mm. advantageous because you're just looking at it in fresh perspective. Um, and so we, you know, that's where we netted out was this behemoth in Excel, but it worked really well. And I know it worked really well because when we went to find an agency to help us take it to that next level, you know, move into a technology space that takes all the human error out and allows for better reporting, that's the real value of an insights tool when you can, mm. when everyone can use it and it's a lot easier to pull results from it. We actually asked Elvin and a few other agencies to do an evaluation and we paid them for their time and and mm -hmm. did an evaluation of a property that we were actually going into a renewal for anyways and we then compared we had four agencies participate and we compared their evaluations against our internal evaluation and Elevin actually came the closest of the four so they were right and our scorecard tool was very conservative intentionally because we had to justify our reporting and success metrics we have to go up, you know, to our financial team, to like our CFO, um, to to demonstrate the value these long-term deals are making. And so we go we go conservative because it's an easier, it's a stronger case to make. Yeah. And well, well define conservative in that regard. Are you putting like a, uh, a a lower value on them, or are you? Is that what you what you're yeah. saying there? I would say conservative in terms of a lot of the a lot of the metrics you use are you know they're vanity metrics they're they're, they're impression based and then you put financial values against those rates. Yeah. Um, our rate card was probably their biggest weakness in our scorecard because there's so many other inputs. This is what Elvin helped clean up for us. There's so many industry sources on how you know what metrics you want to use to quantify whether it's TV or social, you know, if it's Twitter mm. or Facebook and, you know, so those costs per clicks and how do you want to quantify all of those pieces? Mm. Um, and we tried to measure everything. That was probably our biggest mistake. We tried to do it all, but you have to do everything and make it overly complex. Yeah, start there. To distill it down to what really matters to you. Um, so that's what I mean by conservative. If um, our agency was saying, well, you know, it's five cents per click, we would probably go in at, you know, three or three cents. Gotcha. Because That's some of the numbers seem so inflated out of the gate. Right, right. Uh, and then and the other, th yeah, sorry. Go no, ahead. no, go. Well, let's just say the other thing too is, you know, typical, you guys, you guys are the data people, but, you know, garbage in, garbage out. So if we're getting um, valuations from a lot of our partners who are constantly trying to sell us on the value they bring, which is their job, um, a lot of the metrics they're using, in our opinion, we found were, were really inflated. Um, you know, their valuation of a rink board, may have been two or three times what we actually felt that value to be. Um, 
the challenge that we had was again there's there's a lot of different there were a lot of different people in that moment in time back in this was 2016 2017 um, that could give you they had different valuation tools for that ring port and I think what's been great is when we brought Elevant on board we felt that we like the integrity of of the the reporting and the rate cards. Um, love that they actually go and I'll pass it over because this is really Francis. This is your space, oh. but it's so thorough. Um, it's very easy to defend um, the valuations that they give us, and we felt that they were well conservative based on others that were sharing. Probably the most realistic. Well, I, I know the real reason now you've given it away that you hired Elevant because the other agencies would have been telling you to spend more on your partnerships than, than Elevant. So, so shame on <laughs> you for, for it's all, all comes back to money. Uh, Always it comes seemed, back to money. Yeah, no, integrity and, and, and um, you know, uh, uh, philosophy, it seemed, was a key alignment point. So that's, that makes a lot of sense and doesn't surprise me as I've gotten to know Francis, uh, he's a guy that oozes both, so I'm sure their process is uh, is rooted yeah. in that. Um, so, Francis, uh, yeah, what was what tools were involved in that process? Uh, it's the valuation tool we call Cake Mix. Uh, but first of all, you got we, great names, eh? Like Brick <laughs> Brick Road Cake Mix. Uh, you'll have to explain the, the genesis where Spot, yeah. that. Yeah, you yeah. can't. You can't. Honestly, my team talks to me all the time about cake mix, and I'm like, "Where you guys like Dunkin' and Hines? Like you got your bakers now?" So, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, they're great. Yeah, we're we're like we're in entertainment uh, space. Even if our products are a little geeky, we, we want to make <laughs> fun names. But no, uh, right off the bat, we're really impressed with with Ashley's team and. and what they did on the measurement front. Uh, a lot of companies talk about measurement, but very few have uh, a structure in place. And uh, it was amazing to see. And, and I think it has to be part of the culture um, to, to measure everything and do reporting and make sure that you're spending the, the right amount in the right place. But yeah, the, the, we were, uh, the, yeah, the scorecards were, were amazing. Um, and uh, to, to Ashley's point, we uh, were able to um, put the, the data into our platform, um, which also centralized the information because when you're working with a team of uh, a few people using their Excel sheets on their computer, it's, yeah. it's like you're going to centralize in one, one place so like in real time. People. Yeah. 15 people. It's not like it's a lot. Yeah. 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 Plus, you, you guys. Um, do a great job too at evaluating a different moment in time, pre-season and post-season, because obviously uh, things change. You can have different assets um, being activated through the season. So it's, it's a great practice to, to look at the before and after. Um, you know, the big thing in evaluation could be sample one, but I don't think I'm alone in this, is the impression side and the, the media, whether it's traditional or social, is you know, you can, you can wrestle that task to the ground in a fairly logical, linear fashion once you agree on where you're pulling, to your point, Ashley, the, the data points from. Uh, it's the intangibles that drive everybody nuts, right? And uh, Francis, maybe speak to, to your views on how do you, how do you measure that? Because that's where you tend to see a pretty, pretty wide range, especially when it's a property negotiating with a brand uh, and the agency's advising the brand uh, that there's wild differences in philosophies uh, at play there. 
Yeah. Um, well, we, I mentioned uh, I was on the agency side before and uh, both myself and my business partner, Jay, um, saw a lot of different tools. Um, and I think the Aculus Heal was really, to your point, um, intangibles. So we wanted to build a very solid methodology to, to back it up. Um, so we, we scanned about 20 years of uh, academic paper and sponsorship, and that's probably my, my um, geeky sponsorship background uh, during my thesis, but we were able to use um, scales that were tested and uh, to, to have an impact on sponsorship outcomes. And we, we use that into building a unique uh, methodology. So instead of having five to 10 questions to measure intangibles, we, we have about 50. So there oh. are different variables that built it to a larger model, but um, we feel it's, um, it's, it's a stronger um, process. And it, we believe a lot in those softer um, metrics. The valuations of assets are one thing, but you have to have good fit. You have to have uh, relevance to your brand and, and the tool allows you to customize valuation to your brand and, and Kenny tires have uh, a few of them. So it, it's interesting to see which. Um, yeah, we, yeah, we love the customization. I think for us, that was again, that kind of what sold us in um, with Elevant because we, you know, felt really confident with the tangible metrics. And to your point, you know, um, Gavin, the, there, there's some logical, you know, we've been doing that piece of it for a long time in this industry. For intangibles, you know, how do you put a value on exclusivity, right? Right. Because you're paying a premium for it. Uh, so that's not always, sometimes, how do you put a value on keeping your competitive set um, away from, from benefiting? And that, that is different in your the business you're in, then it might be, let's say, for a company that's in, uh, you know, sells liquor or right. or sells food delivery services. That's right, right. I, I think that we use, you know, then they use part, they use their partnerships for different things too. So they often can tie their partnerships directly to sales. We we often can't, but there's huge value to us. Um, in the association and and being you know in not right now in all those arenas but being in all those places where our customers are spending time um there's value in having our logos um up in those arenas and with that you know using that ip um in our commercials but how do you for us constantly it's been the biggest pain point for the last four or five years within our team is having those sound bites and headlines in uh in metrics and math, you know, that we can then share because we are a very data-driven organization. We mm. can then share that back to some of our brand marketing teams, some of our executive teams. Um, when you have a long, when you've got a large portfolio with multi-year commitments, you always have that spotlight on you because it's numbers, right? You're talking yep. about math, you know, where the dollars are. And I think uh, Francis's team, they do such a great job um, we had 10 questions to drive the intangible score. Um, so the fact that they've gone even more mm. and nerded out even harder than we did, I think gave us a lot of confidence in, in what they were doing. Good, good. Yeah, it's fascinating. We could spend uh, probably a, an episode alone on just valuation. Um, 
why don't we pivot to trends? Uh, love your perspective, both of you, on trends you're seeing in the space of sponsorship marketing. Even before the pandemic, I know um, the pandemic, I guess, has, has really changed the way we approach it, but there will be a time after, and there, there was a time before. Uh, so it doesn't matter what lens you use, but just trends that you guys are noticing. Francis, you want to start? Um, yeah, sure. Uh, I've seen, uh, well, obviously before the crisis, but um, traditionally it was either you're in sports or music or fashion. Um, the lines are getting blurred now and look at what um, RBC is doing with music or with OVO. Um, so it's, it's a blend of, of fashion, of music, of even uh, a B2B event. Um, so it's it's really interesting to see uh, to see those coming together. Yeah, you uh, and you guys put out a great piece. Um, I've, uh, um, it's a couple times a year relevant when the the magazine or how often do you send that out? Uh, it, it depends on how much time we have, because but... <laughs> <laughs> it's a very comprehensive, beautifully written uh, digital magazine, and it has its physical version. Uh, there are such a th such things still. Uh, but uh, yeah, just talk about maybe relevant, uh, and because that is really all in insights and information, right? Uh, yeah, we, we tried to, it, we started, now we're at volume four. Uh, we try to put it out every year, every two years. Um, at first we did like top 10 trends of 2016, mm. 2017, but we, we look back and a lot of them were still relevant. So now we're kind of um, looking at the entire music or sports or fashion industry and, and looking look um, how these trends are, uh, or social trends are affecting the way we're activating or uh, signing new, new sponsorship agreements. Yeah. Um, we also try to have a little bit of science in it. So we <laughs> call a few uh, university professors to have uh, um, a distill version of their papers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. but yeah, yeah. We, have, we have a lot of fun doing that. Ashley, your thought on what you're seeing in the market? Yeah, I mean, Francis, I, you know, mentioned like kind of that diversification of where brands are spending their money. I mean, you traditionally, like we've always been a traditional, you know, we're invested in sport and that's where we spend most of our dollars. And, you know, we have a lot of these conversations in-house now too. Should we be capitalizing on the festivalization of everything, right? Now that's pre-COVID. Um, you know, we're going to be anti-events for a while, like everyone for the time being. But there's no question. I think sponsorships, um, for us, the value post-COVID has been huge. I mean, they have, all of our partners have really stepped up, whether they're helping us promote um, the COVID response fund, which is traditionally not something that we would have gone to our partners for. Um, or, you know, on, on Jumpstart, they've, um, they've all really helped step up from a content creation. They've helped us build a content hub for play, um, playing from home, so resources for parents um, to keep kids entertained. And none of that would have been possible um, to execute on so quickly. We dropped that in market on March 30th, the week before we dropped the wow. COVID response fund. And we were only able to do it because our partners um, really stepped up and, and gave us access to pre-recorded content that they already had. So okay. of course, take our content, you know, here's, you know, our Hockey Canada, you know, coach doing skills and drills, you know, 15 minute video, let's do it, you know, we'll co-brand it, jumpstart, and we'll put it, we'll get it out there. 
And um, good. good example. So I think, yeah. yeah. So I think for me, I think one of the big trends we're seeing is um, more collaboration, right? Leaning in harder on that true partnership mm -hmm. term. Yes, we have um, a contractual deal. You know, we have, um, you know, assets within that mix. Of course. You and have we're a schedule A and B, yes. Schedule A and B, <laughs> yeah, and we're yeah. checking the box on yeah. making sure we're getting the value from all of those assets. But you have to be so flexible with what's in those deals to react to what the marketplace demands. And I think you're seeing this huge trend with our sponsors really stepping up, being flexible and accommodating to, you know, the growing demands on our business. And we are demanding. We consistently... Yeah are pushing, trying to do things in a different way. So I think yeah. that, and, you know, leaning on our partners to do more in that social responsibility space. Um, that's certainly my bias. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, and I imagine I think you see a lot of it. I imagine a big part of that just boils down to the word, what you said in that example is, is content, content creation. It, it's hardly anything new, uh, but it's become that much more important in a climate where everybody's consuming content yeah. in, in a virtual sense and they're in front of their devices a lot more. And one thought that has hit me throughout all this is, are we, we're, are we at risk of saturation, right? Like there's just so much and we're, yeah. we're in front of our devices way more. We, I was saying, talking to a, a close friend of mine about this over breakfast the other day that, um, you know, we, we've lost those downtimes like that, that almost, for me, if I was commuting to a meeting, I was free of a device, right? Yeah. Uh, now it feels like we've got to be very vigilant about stepping away from it or it could become overwhelming. So those who are putting out content, loads of content, it could be lost in a sea. So you really sure. have to be good at it, right? You have to, it puts a premium yeah. on doing it well. And you have to do it well, well, having your art director, you know, speak through a camera from the computer screen, right? Because yeah. you're asking talent for the most part to grab their device and shoot. Yeah. So, you know, the, raw. Yeah. it's raw. I mean, I think that's why it's so engaging. I think yeah, that's why I a lot of it's performing so well is it's so real. Yeah. People love, and listen, people love seeing their favorite athletes in their home environment, right? Yes. Um, that has traditionally always I don't I'm getting sick of seeing them beside that like it. a million dollar backyard renovate landscaping <laughs> and pool yeah. well that's just it right I think to your point like there's a level of privilege that we probably want to you know some athletes need to probably be toned down but <laughs> but you're not wrong the fatigue it's 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 there I think be we're careful there already, yeah and you yeah. have to be careful you have to work harder to do something innovative and different that's and you the just key have right to, there yeah and you have to manage expectations Right. Sometimes we did some videos this summer that on our Jumpstart channels that got like 20 views. But you know what? Content lives longer than that moment online. So, you mm -hmm. know, it might break two months from now. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Perfect. So, uh, a couple things to wrap on. The, the first one, um, I'd be remiss talking to such an iconic brand. And it's such a, a treat to have, you know, you, you on and you know, representing Canadian Tire. And, You've 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 touched so many different sponsorship initiatives. Um, I'll I'll share something that's close to me, and I know it's close to you. Uh, the question here will be: I'd love your your take on a favorite kind of Canadian Tire sponsorship initiative. Um, but 
what you've done with the Olympics, you know, and the, the creative that's emerged from there and the storytelling and the, the message of we all play for Canada really, yeah. really, um, I thought was a tremendously uh, clever, ownable, strategic uh, positioning to take, but the way you told and sorry, not but, and the way you told those stories was magical. The sledge hockey, the parent carrying the kid down to oh, the pond. It, yeah. it, it gives me goosebumps just even. That was my favorite creative execution of the entire, um, uh, you know, games that, that yeah. uh, I saw. And it was that, that was Pyeongchang or was that? Uh, yeah, that was Pyeongchang. Yeah. So just your, I'd love your thoughts on your Olympic sponsorship the way it's manifested but also just anything else that stood out to you as a favorite thing you guys have done that might not be necessarily as big but you know yeah i mean you just always get goosebumps talking about it because uh especially olympics um we you know the brand spots that are you know mm -hmm. that's our strap marketing team and the shout outs to them all those guys um have done some amazing work in that space and it gives you goosebumps still talking about it so i think you know, one of the things that's great about Canadian Tire, we're working, it's never one person, right? We just have the honor of representing the great work of probably a couple hundred people um, at the end of the day to bring these things to life. Mm. Um, Pyeongchang, I think for me, I go to Olympics as well. Um, when you see, you know, I think the sledge spot with, um, with Korea was um, heartwarming. And I think the reason why it resonated so well was because we've been building on that concept for the last few years. So if you get step back and you look at what we did in Rio, um, that was the wheel spot, right? And it's yes. kids playing basketball and there's a kid in a, in a wheelchair um, who can't play. Yes. And so the kids all find chairs and then um, he can go and, and, and join in. And that spot went viral um, and, and, you know, made its way around, um, around the internet and around the world. Mm. Um, but I think for me, and I look at this more on as a fan because it's um, it's my counterparts, Daryl Boynton's team on the partnership sides so that gets to help bring these to life and under under Kim's leadership. But for me, my favorite moment really it's uh, Sochi when we came out. That's when we all play for Canada dropped with Jonathan Taves at the head of it. Mm. Um, you know, and they they really do talk about the entire community, everyone in his life. Um, yes, I remember make that. Make him who he was, and and that was. Uh, you know, and you're, you're dropping a, some iconic, you know, Canadian story to tell around hockey, um, Winter Olympics, and you've got Captain Canada at the <laughs> forefront of it. Uh, it's just everything. You just, you check all those boxes. I don't know how often you can hit things out of the park like that yeah. um, from a brand lens. And I think that's, uh, that was pre, that actually came to life before I, before I joined the team. Mm. No, um, that's great. That's great. So I'd always uh, uh, I appreciate people who, you know, it's not always about what we personally built, right? It's admiration for what others built and Completely. there's so much great Completely. work out there, right? I, you know, I think it's pretty rare that it's ever one person, you know, driving mm -hmm. all these pieces, even though, yeah, sometimes that's how people, well, people talk. <laughs> the, joke, <laughs> sure. the joke I always tell is uh, over the years, and here I am in my office, I'm looking at my um, Olympic uh, memorabilia and one of them is the picture of the golden goal and uh, the golden mail um, uh, piece that was done and I was very fortunate to be there in that arena but I joke how over the years the attendance at that game will be probably about three to four hundred thousand right <laughs> as everybody yeah. will say they were there but coming back to it's the I am Canadian 
uh, campaign for Molson. I think yeah. I've met about six people who have taken credit for it. <laughs> like, yeah. come on, you know, it's, uh, yeah. it's, it's a team, right? And uh, uh, it's Francis a team and it's all iterative, right? And yeah. it just, and it grows. I mean, we could talk about creative process, a whole other episode. Exactly. Too. Exactly. Um, but yeah, no. And Francis knows this too. He's, um, you know, he gets to work with a few people on our team, um, but he's, he's met a, quite a bunch of them. And honestly, I can't say this enough. Like, that's everything you talk about professional development and advice like surround yourself with amazing people and great talent All well right. said yeah and that's probably going to be yeah the 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 close big part of the the closes that's great advice you're 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 jumping the gun a bit but Sorry. uh no I, okay uh... <laughs> you're allowed guess guess that free reign but that's good good segue but before we go there francis any perspective on on you know uh sponsorship campaigns and initiatives uh, could be with your with with other brands you work with, Canadian Tires. Um, I, I'm eager to see the 2020 yes. spots that we fortunately didn't have the chance to to watch yet. <laughs> yeah. Well, I said to you, Ashley, when we spoke, uh, that I was uh, fortunate to uh, be with Kim on the uh, judging panel for the SMAs, mm -hmm. and uh, they're going to be awarded virtually in September. But this was we met pre-pandemic. And we were sitting together and she was telling me how excited she is to, you know, the company is to unveil this, this, the, 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 the campaign so for both Canadian Tire and for check yeah. And uh, like Francis just said, now I've been chomping at the bit to see it. And uh, I guess it's delayed and fingers crossed. Uh, heartbreaking. Right? Yeah. It's absolutely heartbreaking. I think there's still even in, yeah, even in April, you're still like, is there a faint hope? Come on, Tokyo. Like, it's Japan. If yeah. anyone's going to solve a global pandemic, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Japan. And, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. 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 No. But yeah, stay tuned. 2021. All right. Awesome. So let's uh, wrap uh, with with professional development advice. So you, you know, um, maybe uh, I'll, I'll give Kim, uh, sorry, I'll give uh, Ashley the, the final word. But uh, Francis, uh, why don't you, uh, you pipe in? Yeah, well, you, you asked us about mentors uh, at the start of the show, and um, there's a great program with the Sponsorship um, Council of Canada, the SMCC. Uh, it's called Activate. Yes. It's a mentorship program that um, will be held virtually this year. It starts uh, next week, but it's an awesome program. You, you are one of the mentors. I've seen the list. <laughs> I'm one of the junior ones, but it's yeah. amazing to see the the... The other mentors of the lineup is amazing. And the, yes. the, the young professionals are also very impressive. Um, so it, yeah, that program uh, is amazing. Check it out. Yeah, I, I was very fortunate, the inaugural one, to be one of the mentors. And um, a lot of good friends, you included, uh, are on that list this year. It's, uh, it's funny, I've been contacted by some of the younger execs who I've been mentoring. I do a fair bit of mentoring. It's very important to me. And I get as much out of mentoring others uh, as, as they may get. And uh, they've asked me, who should I target? Who should I find and spend time with? I, 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 had, I don't know if I mentioned your name yet. I'm kidding. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, so Ashley, uh, uh, why don't you wrap it up with uh, your, your thoughts on professional development advice? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, finding a mentor, men, you know, mentors, I think you should mm -hmm. try and find a few in your career is so important. I think the program SMCC does is phenomenal. There's such great structure around it. And I've had a, a few team members 
on our team participate and have benefited so much from it. It's, it's, it is, it's truly great. The roster of I think leaders. Is, give their uh, time. Sure. I think uh, Daryl yeah. is one of them this year. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, which is great. I mean, yeah. and you know, like I said, he's saying Daryl's praises. I mean, there's no one that knows hockey in this country better than that guy. Um, so uh, yeah, this, it's a great program. I think, um, yeah, I think touched on this earlier. I think when I talk, talk professional development, you know, it's a lot of, um, you know, taking the time to really find the right mentors or mentees, but even when you're looking for a job or, or what that next job could be, it's take your time, do the research. And when you're going on an interview, take the mentality that you're interviewing them just as much as they're interviewing you. Right. Yeah. Well said. It's about, it's about finding a fit on both sides of the table. Um, yeah, and I think uh, a lot of people um, don't always necessarily look at things that way. So I think for me, it's always go and, and look for fit, look for personality fit, look for, um, you know, word of mouth, ask around. I mean, especially in this is, industry, yeah, everyone knows what everyone. They're doing. Yeah. Right? yeah. Don't so, be afraid, right? To have a little bit afraid. of courage. Yeah. Have a little bit of courage, ask around um, and find a fit with people that are going to be invested in your growth and development too. Awesome. Guys, thanks so much for the time and insights. It's been uh, a fun conversation. Thank you. Thank you, Yeah. No, this has been great.